0: It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McPhatton, Meg Herber, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, Meg, and Bill and welcome to another edition of the industry insider podcast i'm your host bill Petrie. with me as always well almost always our three other co-hosts of this fine fine broadcast we're going to get to them in a minute but first i want to thank our wonderful sponsor in vault promotions you know they're my favorite badge supplier they don't charge setups they don't charge for spec samples they don't charge for self-promo badge- badges badges and they have kick ass condo- custom branded with your logo website that's going to allow your clients as a distributor to log in and fulfill their own badge orders one or two at a time as they need them. So you can check out badgesmakemecrazy.com for more details. But did you know? Did you all know that starting this year in 2020, they also have a full line of coasters? We'll be talking about that more in the upcoming weeks, but they've launched a farmhouse inspired line of coasters, including wood leatherette and slate. I've seen them. They're fantastic. Full color imprints, round and square, generic or personalized with names or variable data. If you want to get a jump start, check out now, go ahead and go to sellcoasters.com and you can see the different uh, options of coasters they're producing and even snag a free self-promo coaster so you can see it firsthand. So head over to sellcoasters.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. Now, I did mention we have our other co-hosts on this fine broadcast. We've got Jeff Franklin yep
1: how's, how's it going everybody?
0: everybody we've got, got Stephen, Stephen McFadden. mcfadden hello and we've got meg arbor ahoy ahoy all right <laughs> so we have a topic today that uh, i'm not sure i think it was uh, mr mcfadden that came up with it it and it's about mul- the multi-line reps and the role in the industry their importance in the industry their efficacy mm-hmm. so Stephen, you brought up the topic why don't you kind of give us get us started on that
2: sure yeah so um you know obviously we we see a lot of different suppliers come through our offices and we see folks exhibit at trade shows. And, um, one of the the differences between our, you know, the rep supplier representation outside of, um, you know, our inside folks is we, we see a lot of multi-line reps and, um, it got me thinking, I was like, that's a, that's an interesting topic. You know, how do we, you know, how do they work? How do they go about finding, um, you know, the supplier ships that best fit, uh, you know, the collection of suppliers that they represent, you know, is there a method to the madness here? And, and I wanted to get some takes on, you know, what it is that allows someone to have, you know, all of these suppliers represented by one person. And is it just bu- building up a little bit of a mini rep business? Um, you know, so there's, there's some cool ins and outs of it that, are, I'm curious about um, I'm also curious about how you go about protecting the suppliers that you are representing you know like if there's obviously different payouts or uh, you know the bigger lines or smaller lines you know how do you protect the the you know the twelfth line on one person's multi-line rep right you know, like have a Right. I don't know. Well, so I just it was well, a good we discussion. don't. Yeah,
0: we don't have obviously any multi-level ups on the uh, podcast. So I'll, I'd love to hear from some. But here's my understanding of it. Essentially, you're your own business, and you find lines that don't have the resources to have a uh, uh, an in-house sales force. So you you know you're basically an independent contractor, and you work out. A compensation structure generally commission based, based on um, based on the sales you make for those uh, specific suppliers. I think you know most, and and there's some great multi-line reps out there. Yeah, Uh, Mm Lori Eaton always comes to mind when I think of a multi-line rep. Matt Isolt also, uh, uh, Michael Beach. There's some really great ones out there, and and I know I'm missing some. So uh, you know, Mark Shin and all that. So I don't want to get skewered because I didn't mention every multi-line <laughs> rep in the industry. I don't know any bad ones. Let's just put it that way. Um, I, I find that, you know, when I have conversations with multi-line reps, Jeff, I'd love to hear your perspective on this. When I talk to multi-line reps, you know, it seems the sweet spot for them is generally about five or six lines. Anything beyond that, they know they're going to get give a short shrift to someone. So I, I think they try to keep it at around five or six and again, they, I think they try to almost become, for lack of a, a better term, as they form relationships, almost like a mini PCNA, where they have just about everything anybody could want. They have some apparel, they have hard goods, they have bags, they have caps, so on and so forth. I don't know, Jeff. What do you What do you think?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I know a couple that aren't so great. If you want to know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think with multi line reps, it's it's it's. it's Man, how do I say this cautiously? Because it's in a in a sense, it's almost a necessary evil. Not to say, like not to to make it sound quite so harsh. Because there are some really good multi-line reps that do phenomenal things. Um, I want to say that uh, there are, um, you know, some that out there that aren't uh, so great uh, or necessarily maybe the way that they go about doing uh, their business. But Bill's 100% correct in the fact that, uh, you know, they're their own business. They're a 1099 contractor. They can take on as many lines as they want. They could technically have 20 or 30 lines if they really wanted to. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, from a supplier standpoint, when you're looking for a multi-line rep to cover your, you know, your product, uh, you know, I think there's some things to be cautious or leery of or weary of. Is, um, you know, ultimately, how many lines do they have? Because the more lines a multi-line rep has, the less share of the table or the, you know, the, the smaller portion of a meeting you get when when a multi-line rep is in front of a customer. Um, you know, and then the the size of the territory that they're covering as well uh, can can potentially be a, an issue. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. if you've got if you're a one person operation and you're running 13 states, and you've got 15 lines, you've got zero <laughs> shot at getting any type of penetration. And unfortunately, there are multi line reps out there that are like that. Um, you know, we've had a lot of success with guys that have you know Bill again uh, nail on the head with you know if you've got five to eight lines, um, you know, the less lines you have, the better for the supplier, I feel, because again, you get the line share of, of a meeting when a line rep is in with a distributor then, um, you know, but if you've got, you know, like I said, five to eight lines is a pretty good number. Any more than that can get a little bit, uh, you know, a little top heavy. Um, and then, you know, typically, you know, you really only want one person covering, you know, a state or two or three states tops. Mm-hmm. So, if you've got a multi-line rep that's covering a bigger territory than that, you're hoping that they've got multiple people that are working for them, uh, and there are folks like that as well. JSA, Jewel Sheck yeah. Associates, they do a great oh, gosh, job yeah. for us in the Northeast, um, you know, but they cover Maine down to down to Virginia, and you know they've got uh, four people, four outside reps, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm doing my math right in my head really quickly, and then they've also got some inside support people as well. Um, so when you think of a multi-line rep, it's not always just a one-man band or a two-person mm. operation. Sometimes it's it can be, you know, pretty decent-sized business as well.
2: You no, know, that's an int- that's interesting because I I don't we don't get a lot of uh, most of the representation I'm familiar with as far as multi-line reps are concerned are one to maybe three people. I, I've never heard of a uh, of a model like that, but that that makes a lot of sense. I you know my concern as a distributor and i and i feel bad about this a lot of times we'll have a multi-line rep and they you know they bring in the stack of catalogs you know one of each and, and like to be honest with you i was like i i don't want you to talk to me about about five of those like i'm only curious about these three you know or like it's you know i thought you were coming in here to talk about company x when i don't really care about yz and every other letter but um that's part you know, of the
1: struggle for a multi-line rep, too, is they yeah, want to make sure right. that they've got some pretty reputable lines because it helps them get in the door with the distributors. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you might have, you know, one or two killer lines, but then the rest of your lines, uh, you know, or, you know, some of the smaller industries or, or, I'm sorry, smaller smaller suppliers that you might not be interested in hearing. But, you know, it's those couple really good lines that help get them in sure. the door and in turn get you in the door.
2: It's the anchor store of the mall, right, to to help get you in. Yes, with- the the big conversations and I and I get it uh, you know, some, especially you know and Meg you can attest to this sometimes people just are apparelled out right <laughs> so, yeah Um yeah. so it's that's always been the tough one is you have you know a multi line rep that's got everything under the sun and then their apparel line it's like uh oh it's like it's like I don't want any more apparel lines I know I'm sorry <laughs> so, no it's fine um, I don't I don't lump you into the into the mix because uh, we don't mind hearing from from you all at SNS, but it's just, <laughs> there's, there's, a, uh, there's a billion apparel companies, right? Everyone's got their own. What do you mean? That's there's only It's, four, one
1: it's 40% of the industry, though, Stephen. I mean, it's, yeah. that's, you know, $12 billion worth of business. Of course, there's going to oh, be a lot of apparel guys.
2: It's, uh, it's also so almost top-heavy. So well, you know, I've I seen that people have their faves.
3: I've seen like the trends change over the years. I mean, I've been doing this now for 15 years and I started off as a distributor. And to be honest, I didn't sell a single piece of apparel my first six or seven years in this industry. It was all hard goods and and But I was an online distributor. And we did have some multi-line reps come in. Um, Brisky, Brysky, Walter. I remember he was the first one that came in. I remember he was like showing us leather jackets. And I'm like looking at my coworkers and I'm like, I feel like so. I know, I know. And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, but we're not selling leather jackets. And then, like, I, I forgot what he did sell because obviously I, I didn't have that many um, apparel requests. And then every time I would, I would reach out to him and he'd be like, Meg, I don't sell t shirts. Meg, I don't sell t shirts. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I'm sorry. And, and this is a double edged sword. I mean, I have just being on the road all the time. You see these multi line reps and they are out there working their asses off. They are literally working. It's a tough game. It really is. Yeah, like, I, I don't think I would ever want to do that. They really have to work so hard. Not that I don't, but it, they literally have to work their butts off. And a lot of them are good friends of mine. And, and I think I see the need for them. I think when you have <clears throat> like a smaller business on a smaller side and the supplier side, it's a really good way to get your name out there, um, even if it's just a start. I remember when I first started at Jetline, they had um, Mike Valentini in there, and he was covering some of the Northeast, and I came in, and we shared like the Mid Atlantic, and and it was it was a really good it was good coverage to have because they had somebody in each like territory or state up in the Northeast, and it and it helped us. It did help us. But then the more we grew, the less we needed them, unfortunately. But they did a great job. They always did a great job, but. Again, you have to, as a supplier, when you're looking at multi line reps, you ha- I think Jeff, you pointed on this or touched on this. Um, you have to look at the other lines that they're covering. Um, so someone like a Jetline or now a Prime Line or even now an Alpha, they would have zero need for them because at some point they're going to be competing with one or several of the other lines. So yeah. they have to pick and choose strategic lines that they want to cover. But also, you're not going to get a really big supplier that needs them, like a like an SNS or an Alpha.
2: So, Jeff, Meg, I'm just, I'm just curious, you know, I, I totally understand the, the, the reason and the merit behind a small company, you know, wanting to to be a part of a multi-line network. Um, I, you know, and, and over the past years, too, I've seen super large companies be a part of multi-line, um, you know, networks as well. And I just, you know, I've seen some of that go away, too, you know, over the past few years. I'm just wondering, you know, as a, you know, huge company, you know, I know there's, there, I've I've seen you know Starline and Sweda and Logo Mark and all these companies be a part of a multi line. I'm like, what's the strategy there? I'm just curious. You know, do you, you, you know, I don't think either of you are neither of you are multi lines. But if you had to try to guess here, what's what would be the strategy of that? Is that more of a hiring I think it, territory depends thing on, or it depends on it depends on, on ge- geographical
1: Yeah, just say that. Know, the, yeah. the territory that you're hiring the multi line rep in. Yeah. Like um, like upstate you know. New York, it's
3: a tough territory. Yes, there's customers up there, but it's so spread out and it's so hit and miss, and like it's hard to, to hire a full time person to just cover upstate New York. When I was at Jetline, I covered mm. all of New York down to all of Virginia. So if, you know, obviously they didn't. Wow. Yeah, it was a huge territory. But right now I'm in South Jersey, Philly, out state college, um, and we have like our Long Island guy covering upstate New York. But uh, I think we're in the process of hiring somebody or we did just hire somebody. So, but it's, it's a tough territory to to put somebody in. So that might be where we would want maybe a multi-line rep.
2: No, that makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm also curious too, with uh, the responsibilities of a multi-line, you know, obviously it's their, you know, the job to show again, multi-lines, but are they supposed to be the resource then for outside sales for all of those people? I mean, I feel like that could be yeah, that so could, if you're <laughs> if you're seeing a multi
1: line rep and they're showing yeah. you a product line, they are the sales force for that product line yeah. in your territory. Yeah. Yeah. So when you shun them or, or you'd say, you know, I only, I'm only interested in these two or three lines, you're really doing yourself a disservice because you're not giving them the opportunity to, to teach you something that you might not know. Because let's face it, Stephen, as a distributor, you guys are forced to learn and to know so much crap. And I think <laughs> Meg and I have both been on the distributor side yeah. as well. So we get it. We understand like there's just too many products out there, too many different decoration techniques. Too much, too much, too much. You just can't be the the uh, the know-all for everything it's just not possible so uh, you know when you get somebody that that you know if you're just willing to listen maybe give them a couple minutes for each of those lines just to give them the opportunity to put the line on the table you know you might learn something new and if you don't then no big deal you know you've wasted a couple minutes but at least they've had the opportunity to present you that and you know next time hey when they do come in eh, you know we've gone through that one not really super interested unless there's really anything new or super exciting I get it um, you know, cause you guys, you know, it's, it's, it's a big commitment when you have a multi-line rep come in. Cause again, they're showing you it's five, 10, five minutes, 12 right? lines, <laughs> you know, it's usually, yeah. you know, one, two, sometimes longer than that hours. Um, so that's the other thing with multi-line reps is because they have so many lines that they're covering. Usually they're doing two or three hour meetings yeah. well, with these yeah, distributors. No, so they can only have two or three meetings a day. Exactly. They're on the road, you know, Monday through Thursday in most cases. So they're really only seeing like 12 to 15 people a week. Um, and then they're covering so many states, so that's that's also the the one of the downsides to the multi line reps. But in on their side of it, like they're like Mike said, they're busting their ass, like they are working so hard. They're on the road. They're never in their own bed. Like and then they're working in the evenings, you know. And as an outside sales rep that's doing a lot of traveling as well, like I see that. I see the the amount of work that goes mm-hmm. into it. The only struggle for them, or the, I think the hard part for them, is that because they are spread so thin on what they're doing for each line it's harder for them to get the penetration with those lines.
3: May I offer a suggestion real quick, um, Steven? So I think just just listening to you and saying, and then listening to Jeff and how you're like, well, they're, they're going to come in and want to show me five lines, but I really only want to see one. Well, and then Jeff's point of view, like they want to teach you something and you should be open to learning it. But with that being said, and when you have these multi-line reps coming in, why don't you ahead of time, let them know, like, this is our business model. I want you to show me products from all your lines, but be strategic. Don't waste my time, I don't want to waste your time. I can tell you that they would appreciate that because, you know, for instance, I go into different types of customers all the time. I went into someone yesterday that literally just does internet sales. Like they don't want to see my whole line. They don't, they might want to see like, they literally sell like five products in five different colors. So. I need to learn their business model, find out what they actually need. And I don't need to shove product down their throat. That's just a waste of everybody's time. So if you ahead of time, you know, have a, a sales me. meeting or just a quick conversation with your reps that are coming in saying, listen, this is our business model. This is who we sell to be strategic in your product offering. I want to see it all, but be strategic. Don't waste my time. And they'll appreciate that. I mean, you're being blunt with them, but I mean, I appreciate it. If someone tells me that I'd be like, great. I can cut this meeting want, from an hour and a half down to a half an hour, and then I can show you what you need to see and get out.
1: Yeah, yeah I want to ask a question too, Steve, uh, if you don't mind. Go
3: ahead.
2: Yeah, go for it, and then I'll um, respond.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, go ahead and go ahead and respond, and then I'll come back to it. I, I know. No, I was going to say that. I think
2: that's. I think that's great, and I think that's an awesome suggestion. I, I was. I, I don't want to say like I painted myself into a corner there because yeah. I, I was being more <laughs> coy about about my response there, but I I absolutely give people time to show, but I I am very upfront about. You know, you've got an hour. You know, you know, (laughs) or you've got like, like you can't extend this three hours because you've got thirty lines now. But um, you know, and it it does need to be strategic. So I, I think that's an awesome, awesome piece of advice, Jeff. What you got?
1: So what you're saying there, with you know the being coy, like that's sort of what you're thinking in your head, but that might not be what you say. But there are a lot of distributors out there that don't, or that that do do that to multi-line reps where they're like, yes. At, and "I only want to see you know these lines. Don't even show. Don't even pull that out of the bag." And, that's, and so that's, that's why I'm saying that because yeah. this is this is going out to a broad audience, and you know, yeah, really, you, you know, I want everybody to sort of take that to heart. Like these guys are busting their ass. You should give them the time of day. But again, like Meg's saying, you know, be respectful and and be strategic as well. Uh, you know, every, like if you're giving them an hour, then they've got an hour and they've got to do what that, with that hour, what they, what they can do or what they want to do. Um, so my question to you is how many multi-line reps are you seeing and how much, um, how much time do they give you before they book their meeting with you?
2: Oh, time before the meeting? Um, yeah, like because
1: they're they're actually scheduling a meeting with you, right? Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. They we've <laughs> had some drop in multi line, and we're like, that's not going to work. That's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> Um Nobody likes we, the drop in sales call. No, it, we it, we usually stop them with the tote bag at the car. We're like, oh, we, we don't have people here. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you need to schedule something with us. But um, yeah, no. Normally we've got a couple months beforehand, so we can oh, wow. discuss. Pro, uh, Projects or products yep. that they're going to be bringing. Which so that would have like, been
1: that. That would have been my suggestion. Is that it's sort of in line with what Meg was saying? Is that if you're getting that kind of time, um, you know, before the meeting, you know, maybe have a couple go-to logos and that you can send them, and then request like, I want to know what lines you have. You know, your full list of lines. And then I want you to present, you know, virtual concepts or spec samples or case studies or whatever for these customers. And then actually send them the logos and let the multi lines do some work for you. That's a great idea. Before before the presentation and
3: multi line reps, why are you not asking for these things? Why are you wasting your own time? Talk to these salespeople. Like this is how we grow as an industry. This is how we evolve. This is how you leave those lazy reps on, on the sidelines. You need to be more strategic yep. as well. Like when you're booking these meetings or attempting to do a drop-in, you need to have something tangible or have something that's worth their time as well. Like reach out, hey, what projects are you working on? You know, send me the logo, send me, you know, whatever. And then come with, come prepared with something to offer, not just here's my product from this line and this is my product well, from that line. It's not fair to anybody.
1: Yeah, what at that point so you're just presenting. Yeah, you're just checking yeah,
2: the I box. Do have one. One question that's kind of the, the, the sticking point I've had with, with Multiline, and maybe we can we can smash it, but who, whose fault is it when they are stretched too thin? Is it the suppliers who are hiring Multiline? they're 1099,
1: so they, they pick their territory, they pick their lines, yeah. they pick all of it. It's their so why, business.
2: Why would the supplier think, allow
0: that, though? Well, because they need, represent, they need representation in the field, and so that's... The less, the least cost. Or it's the most cost effective of, of what's out there. Okay. You know, I, and and I think the challenge. You know, Jeff was hitting it on the head. You know, I need more money. I'll take on another line. I need more money. I'll take on another line. And that yep. yeah, there is a sweet spot. I do think it's between. I think it's six. Grow the the line. I think you said five to eight, Jeff. I don't think yeah, that's I said wrong five to eight either. <coughs> I'll tell you what's something that's interesting. So back in my consulting days when I ran Brandv8, <laughs> um my biggest client was Auric Audio. Mm. Um, before they were purchased by Hub, obviously, and their uh, entire sales force were multi-line reps, mm-hmm. and yeah. and they did a great job. But I can honestly tell you that you know of all the multi-line reps, what do you think the first thing they always showed was? It was always Origadio, yep. and so every other supplier <laughs> yeah. was in second, third, fourth, or fifth place. And so, you know, I think I think what as a supplier you have to really look at the mix. Of the other companies, make sure you're not, like, really way behind. I mean, if you're selling uh, uh, logo toothbrushes or audio, what are you going to show? Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. That chicken nugget dipper, for
3: sure. No kidding. (laughs)
2: The the dip trip, that's right.
3: I can't wait. I want one of those (laughs) so bad.
2: (laughs) Cool. Do we have any tips, like? on the way out here about multi-line I think the, the prepping per meeting thing is an awesome suggestion. yeah that's
3: my biggest suggestion on both ends like if you're not if you're the distributor and they're not reaching out to you about the prep ahead of time then hundred percent reach out to them because you're also equally accountable for this meeting like you know it's your time be accountable for your time reach out like listen I know you're coming in here next month and I want you to make the best of your time this is what we're working on these are our top clients I need ideas here you go. Yep. And
1: it's not all about the follow up. It's about the preparation yeah. as well.
3: I prep almost two hours every day for my meetings, printing out reports, mm-hmm. making case studies. You know, I know my customers, customers, and I'm bringing ideas to the table. And if I don't know them, then I have like a broad range and I just kind of talk to them first. But, you know, it's, it's a two way street, but everybody's got to do a little bit of homework to make it successful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, real quick, last question. What do you guys think the future is of the multi-line rep as we see more and more consolidation? Is that a model that's going to continue to thrive and flourish, or is it something that will uh, maybe go away? What do you guys think? Uh,
1: you, I, th- I think uh, – well, go ahead, Meg. You it's just r- real
3: ahead. quick. I mean, for instance, like Dan Piggott. Okay, great example. He's been doing this for yeah. as long as I've been alive, I think. But, <laughs> you know, he left the multi-line side and went to be a VP of an umbrella company, and he's thriving. So – I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but I think some people might make that change. But I don't know. That's just an example. So I don't know. What do you think, Jeff?
1: I don't know how long it'll take uh, or if it'll completely ever go away, but I think it's going to definitely deteriorate or go away completely, in my opinion, because I think with you know with technology and online and e-commerce and everything else, I think ultimately uh, suppliers may end up you know, foregoing the multi-rep and more leaning towards inside sales reps.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I have to say that the model that Jeff, you described earlier with the more of a, a company style strategy with back end support and things like that seems to be more sustainable for so you sure. You have people out there, you know, getting all those meetings, helping you prep them and, and then the back end helping you with sales service. Um, I think that's, that model could, could thrive. Um, I think that there's a there's a there's a niche there. I, I do I do see a trend over the past couple of years. We've lost a lot of big anchors in multi lines, and they've now just been independent, like or just outside sales for those companies. So I, I can see already there's a decline in the number of multi line reps we've seen. Uh, but I'm anxious to see that model you've talked about. I think yeah. that that's there's some merit to that. So.
0: Well, it'll be interesting. There's a a lot of really good multi-lines out there. I I don't know any bad ones. Jeff apparently has a list. (laughs) Uh, Perhaps he'll share that at some point. But I'll tell you something else really good is our good friends over at Vault Promotions. You know, they just started selling that full line of coasters, wood, leatherette, and slate, full-color imprints, round or square, generic or personalized with names and variable data. If you want to get a jump start, and gosh darn it, why wouldn't you, go over to sellcoasters.com, and uh, see the different options of coasters they're producing, even snag a free set of self promo uh, self-promo coasters so you can check them out firsthand. Guys, thanks so much. Great, great conversation, and we'll see you next time. See really was a good conversation. I yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.